0: Good day. Welcome to shepherd the sheep today. We have special guest Caitlin Richardson with us and we are looking to talk a little bit about how a story, how an event becomes a story. Welcome back. Breaking news. Breaking news. Today, (laughs) special guest, Caitlin Richardson. Yay! Member of Capitol Hill Baptist Church in Washington, D.C., Uh, famous for pastor uh, and nine marks leader, Mark Dever, Uh, writer of the Daily Caller, former Cornerstone member, graduate of UNLV, and the uh, post Poet Laureate of Cornerstone. So that was <laughs> congratulations. Title. Thank you. Yes. Thank
1: you for that one. Yeah yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. That title was just granted to you. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So, yeah. What, 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 but what an honor. What's the stipend that we were giving her? It is. Oh. That's
1: that's my favorite.
0: <laughs> yes. I mean, that, that's such a resume builder. That, I, know. <laughs> um, I mean, it's really That's it's, going at the top. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. It's a gift that gives all year round, Caitlin. So, <laughs> oh, man. That's great. Uh, well, welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome to the podcast. It's not really a show because, um, we're not nationally syndicated, mm. yeah,
2: and it's not it's that enter- it's not that entertaining either. So, yeah,
0: jo- Joe Rogan can <laughs> he gets the show? He yes. can call it a show, yep. we, we can't call it that yet. No, so, yeah, um, but hey, well, I'm glad you're on, Caitlin. Uh, it's it's uh, interesting, it's good. Uh, you know, this is a little slightly different take. Uh, for us than normal, but there's a reason for that. And, uh, you know, so just to kind of lay some groundwork for, for this discussion, just, uh, for the listener, it's to understand, right. That, that we're, you know, as a church, we are always trying to get you to focus on making disciples. Uh, we, we have tried to really, really work hard to get people to, to just say, okay, the gospels about Christ and the cross and the work of God and not put an and on that because I, because it's very tempting in all of us. And Lewis talks about this in his group letters to, to put an and and the and that we often put on that is and your political views. Um, so it's, we wanted to have Caitlin on because we wanted her to talk about as a actual reporter in the industry, writing, breaking news, investigative journalism, like writing stories of different kinds. We wanted to get her take on, on, on like going from, from sitting in a room where an event happens to writing a story that we read about so that we kind of understand the process Mm. so that we're a little bit more informed about like, why are there differences, you know, in stories or, You know, why are there different angles for stories, you know? And so uh, just to me, information helps us be wiser, Mm -hmm. Um, you know? so we're not doing this to kind of try to add and politics to the gospel, but just to realizing that, that we all still navigate the world. We all still read what's going on, you know? um, And while trying to, to keep everything and it's like Christ as a center and, and still be responsible citizens. Um, so want to have Caitlin on because, um, yeah, to talk about this process. I
2: think that this kind of falls in the realm of wisdom. Yes. And so it, it, it would, right, in, in making disciples, like wisdom is such a big area. And part of that is discernment. Um, having discernment, uh, and not that, not that word discernment, ministry per se, but that, no, what does the, how does the Bible, or how should the Bible inform the way we think about the world around us? Yeah. Um and as a believer with a set of worldviews, but a specific worldview, how do we process information? And the news is part of what yeah. we process every day.
0: Yeah. And so I feel like if I understand how she, how she writes stories and how people write stories, mm-hmm. it helps me read those stories and go, Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But, um, so before we get into that question though, Caitlin, um, you, you recently, uh, got to spend some time in front of Congress, didn't you? I did. How was that?
1: I was nervous going into it, but it was very, I, I was very honored to be asked to do that. Um, I wrote, I, I've been following the story on the National Science Foundation funding grants for the development of censorship tools. We, they were giving them to various universities and companies um, to develop a bunch of different projects in that realm, as they describe it, combating misinformation. Um, And I I got to testify about that in front of Congress because the committee was looking into some of the funding that was being provided by the government to these different groups. Um, And yeah, I think it's really a, a pretty important story for the First Amendment and for free speech, just understanding you know, what, what our government is
0: funding. Yeah, I, I agree. I actually posted your story. Um, and then I think I reposted your actual like Facebook post. Um, I try to stay out of politics, but I do try to defend free speech as much as I can. Amen. Yeah. So, and it, to, I mean, it's actually a little bit of self-interest here. So, I mean, do you mind kind of talking about what drew you to that story? Is it, was it, you know, I, I know you said first amendment, but.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm one of the areas that I really, just particularly enjoy covering and looking into is the First Amendment because I think it is so, just fundamental to everything, even like our ability to you know, share the gospel. Like, it's good to have free speech in our in the country to be able to do that, and then also just have have discussion. So I, when the government is being heavy handed and influencing, you know, keeping one view or another. Um, I think that's, that's a problem. So I I was looking into, I found out that the national science foundation was funding these grants and I just started going through them and kind of looking at what they were about, what kinds of speech they were targeting. Um, and it was, it was pretty concerning. So I just, yeah, I just kept looking into it. And that's, that's, that's what
0: initially drew me to it. Yeah, Gina, you'll say that uh, the truth shouldn't be scared of opposition. Mm-hmm. It does kind of make you wonder, like, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. If I, when I think of freedom of speech, um, you know, you can't have critical thinking without freedom of speech. You, you can't actually navigate and find real solutions without freedom of speech. Um, but yeah, I think as believers, we shouldn't be. Because that's our temptation too. We we kind of overprotect the truth by saying, "Don't read this," or "Don't um, don't even entertain that." But like, how do you know? Uh, how, how how do you know your truth can stand if it's not opposed by anything else? And so, like, there there should be no fear um, with with biblical truth because it's sta- it has sta- it has stood the the, te- the test of the test of time, um, and um, it is ultimately truth. So like no, lie can overtake it anyway. So <laughs> there's no fear. There's no fear in truth. So right. yeah, a
0: hundred percent. Caitlin on that story, is that something that you like, is that project kind of done for you? Or is that, if, if you don't mind me asking, is that like ongoing or like, how does that fit into kind of your daily work? Like maybe, maybe if you don't mind talking about like, cause pretend like I don't know anything about your job. Cause I don't, like, is that yeah, one of so those that, where, where you have a lot of different kind of like writing projects? And so you're, you know what I mean? Like you're investigating this and you're having to cover this, like maybe kind of give an overview of how that fits into, to what you do.
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm always juggling multiple stories. Typically, usually I'll do like some breaking news throughout the day, just whatever day to day events are happening um, in my the the area I cover, which is, like, the courts and legal issues. Um, And then I have projects that I'm kind of working on in the background, like, in between that, which are, like, short-term or longer-term. And I usually have a couple things going on, um, just based on what I've found, different ideas I have. So that one, that particular story was actually one I wrote a while ago, um, the first, it was three articles that I wrote. Two of them were actually while I was in college for a different outlet. And then one of them I wrote right when I started um, at the at the Daily Caller last February. So I haven't wrote an update um, since then, actually. But it there is, I will definitely be on it.
2: Was there a conclusion? I mean, because, I, you know, there was a snippet of of your part, but, like, I imagine that was, like, an all-day thing, right? Or
1: was it just your testimony? No, yeah, it was a multiple-hour hearing. So there were three witnesses, four witnesses, actually, um, and we each gave, like, a five-minute testimony, and then all of the different representatives on the committee had five minutes to ask questions, any of the witnesses or just use the time to talk themselves. Um, yeah, it ended up being, I think, two and a half hours or so.
2: Hmm. That's that's the whole thing or just, just your part?
1: Oh, the, the whole hearing. Okay, um, gotcha. But my I, I did answer questions throughout the hearing.
0: You did, okay. Gotcha. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of fun. Like, I know it's not fun when you're sitting there, but it's also... Yeah. Like, yeah, such a memorable experience. Hmm.
1: Um, Yeah, it's definitely not something that I thought I would be doing. Um, It kind of came about last minute, but I'm definitely grateful I was able to. uh,
0: That's awesome. Uh, In terms of, you know, kind of um, some of those, I guess that's how some journalists like, Right, because now, now it makes sense to me. Because every now and then an event will happen, and then like a month later there's a book on it. And I'm like, how did that guy write a book that fast? But it's probably that he was already covering stuff like that, mm. right? And so, I don't know, is that is that kind of like, at some point is there like a Caitlin book like, that'll come out on a subject? Is that, is that kind of like, you know what I mean? Because yeah. every now and then you look at me I'm like, oh, this journalist has like six books, and it's like, oh, yeah, because they're probably researching behind the scenes
1: yeah well when you're specializing in a specific area um like there's there's a lot of i do like i said the courts and legal issues primarily and then i'm starting to do more investigative work as well um but there's other areas that people cover like education politics the economy um but, but if you're focusing on one specific topic every day all day doing research knowing what is happening like yeah you. Have a pretty big body of work that you've already developed so mm. it's pretty easy to put something together after a while
0: does that like in college do they prep you well for that or is, did you or like because i'll now the the pastoral sermon writing part of me comes ahead like what like i was like man i'll bet caitlin like we could really talk a lot of right now about how do you organize all your notes but we will not go off the rail but like, is that one of those things they prep you for in college? Kind of like, Hey, you have some really good kind of like note taking system and filing methods and like just um, to keep track
1: to an extent. I don't know that my degree in particular transferred in that the right. So being an English major, like writing oh yeah, okay. and knowing how to organize my thoughts and like outline was helpful, but also journalism writing is so, different because you're trying to be concise and to the point um, and it, it has a different goal than a lot of the essays I was writing is going through literature and, and things like that. So I think the process is very different and the way I organize notes is not necessarily the same as I did in college in, in my classes.
0: Yeah. Okay. I just, I know we're not even having gotten the main question yet, but that just, to me, the second you said it it's like, man, what is your like, what is your note taking skills like? Cause right. Cause at some point you, you you're collecting in a database on this, you know, now some of it's just going to be in your memory, but yeah, that's so, okay. So in a way, I, I guess that's helpful for me as a, as a listener too to start to realize, okay. So when I read, you know, when I read Caitlin's body of work, I'm reading somebody who's in the court system because you you cover like um, the federal courts, right, and the Supreme Court.
1: Yeah, primarily. Some um, occasionally I'll do like a state court if there's something more interesting going on, um, but but mostly it's like bigger cases in the federal court and then the Supreme Court, just regular docket.
0: Yeah. So you, I mean, so when I read, when we read you, we're reading somebody that's, that's not, it wasn't like you showed up for fifty minutes. You, you've got like thousands of hours now hanging out in the court system.
1: Yeah. Which is, I think part of the difference when, when I started versus now, when I started, I didn't have a lot of as much context and background as I, I would say I do now, um, to even it's helpful when you're writing to be able to fill out like this happened, but also something similar happened recently. And then you can kind of build it out from there because you know, like what else is going on that's related.
0: Mm, Right. So do you mind taking us through that process of like, how does it go from an event, you know, where you're there, you know, or, you know, to a, to a story, right? Because when we read the story, we're getting a glimpse of the event. Um, Do you mind maybe kind of taking us through that process?
1: Yeah. So there's, I'd say it's different depending on what kind of event you're reading about. Um, So since I, since I do the courts and legal issues, I'll just start with that. Um, If I'm covering like a hearing or arguments for a case, and I'm going into the courtroom more listening. Sometimes there's live streams online that I'll listen to. Um, they, these are like two hour, an hour and a half, two hour or so, sometimes longer or less. But it, it's a significant amount of time that I'm sitting there listening, taking notes, um, trying to highlight like the key points of what's happening, and then put together a piece. So when I'm putting together the story, there ends up being – I have to focus it around something. You have to pull something out, um, you know, to be your lead, to be your headline. And that, that's one form um, of, of covering an event. And then sometimes there's court filings where it'll be like a document that I'm looking at and I'm reading through this document and trying to pull out the most important information, put it into a story, what I think is most helpful for people and what the main point of it is. Um, but in, in other fields, if you're covering like politics, sometimes there'll be other reporters who are sitting at a press conference or, um, doing interviews with different political figures and it, it, it all, it's all, it differs based on what you're covering.
0: Huh. So, and that, that kind of even explains why, like, it's possible I could read your article on a, on a court case and a different journalist article in a court case. And, and there's some overlap of, of probably more than likely facts, but sometimes those, those might be different because just maybe the different way that, that, that things are heard or interpreted in that, or the way they're framed in the writing.
1: Yeah, I think different um different journalists different outlets will see different parts of you know if they're covering a court case or hearing or whatever they're covering as more newsworthy and they'll lead with that um the facts the event they went to the same event they heard the same facts and maybe the story includes a lot of the same elements but the what they're shaping it around and um forward at the top might be different based on how they're perceiving it and then that goes into somewhat what like your presuppos- presuppositions are um, as to what is what is important and what is newsworthy
3: hmm.
2: yeah I think that's important for people to realize um, uh, number one we're all human beings and so we're all going to prioritize information differently uh, because how we view the world and uh, is 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 going to come from what we deem important. So, I mean, it's going to be fair to say that no, no matter what news article comes out, um, there's several layers. There's there's the reporters, um, there's the reporters' priorities, maybe how they, maybe the information that they see or deem as important, and then there's also the establishment. Because I, I imagine maybe like a news organization might have its own philosophy. Uh, a reporter might have his or her own philosophy on, on the approach. Um, am I thinking about that correctly or like, or uh, should I think about that differently?
1: No, I think that's, that's fair because a, a reporter isn't working alone. There's editors who have input to who are obviously mm. reviewing for factual accuracy, but also the, to make sure the piece flows, to make sure it's framed accurately mm-hmm. um, or in a way that they've, would like it to be. So there, there is various people who have input on the story. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Caitlin, maybe kind of helpful to know too, right. Um, kind of talked about this before we, we went live here that, um, there's, there's different kinds of stories too. probably important for us, a reader to kind of understand that, you know, the differences in those stories. Do you mind kind of breaking that down for us?
1: Yeah. So the, the most straightforward one, would be just breaking news. Something happens. There's a crash on the highway. A bill passes in Congress, and you're just trying to get it up as soon as possible, get the news out. Um, so that's that's pretty straightforward. It'll probably be like almost the same headline across every outlet because there's not many ways to angle that. Um, it's just what just happened. Mm-hmm. And then there's other pieces that are more analysis. That's taking an event, adding context, giving some commentary. Um, you might interview like experts. So I'll do a lot of pieces that are like, what do legal experts say about this particular event that just happened in the court system? Why do they think this is happening? Um, so then then that introduces, well, who are you talking to? Who are these, who, who is the reporter interviewing? Are they choosing? You know, people on both sides, are they selectively interviewing? Um, that's something to consider. Uh, but there's other kinds of pieces, too. There's, like, more longer investigative work. Like I said earlier, I might have some projects in the background that I'm doing research on for a long time. Um, there's trend pieces that analyze, you know, an increase or, of different things occurring over time. Um, there's interviews, profiles of an individual, so you, you kind of need to realize what you're reading if it's a straight news piece or if it's something else that maybe it didn't just happen, but it's ad- adding context or hmm. or something like that.
2: Yeah, it's almost like biblical genres. You gotta if you're gonna preach a, a gospel narrative versus you know the proverbs or an old testament narrative versus an epistle um you kind of have to um uh, a lay lay a little bit of foundation there and a little bit of context so that people understand better yeah that's interesting so as 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 listeners of the news or like uh people reading the news um you know consuming the news um i mean is there Like what's your, do you have like a set of rules or maybe, um, I don't know, an approach or how should we listen to the news?
1: Well, for for me, writing the news, um, I think there's a couple different, I I, I always try to think, every journalist, hopefully, is, um, you know, reaching out to every side, making sure that they have the full story, um, getting, making sure everyone is able to have their voice represented in the piece so you have a more holistic um, representation of the event. Um, So I think as a reader, if you're looking at that and there's not every side included, that might be something to consider and then evaluate Mm. like that's great what what's being portrayed here
2: yeah like being able to it's like don't just um like if you're getting if you realize you're only getting one side it's not wise to just maybe formulate a conclusion based on solely that information you gotta have a well-rounded view of what's happening right yeah yeah
0: that's awesome that's because some of the yeah I guess some of even right some of your articles are like breaking news some of them are investigative journalism right which is noticeable difference in those articles when you put together a more investigative piece you know you you probably have different sources like like what what is that what's that like like the different sources and kind of if you don't mind explaining that
1: yeah well even that kind of varies. Very- story to story, what specifically I'm working on, but usually I've been doing research already. I've been reading, um, reading up on whatever I'm looking into and then contacting different people, getting their, getting their take on it. Um, or if they're, if they're involved, getting them to speak to the facts. Um, and then, then I'll have other people who are maybe experts who can kind of give more commentary and analysis to include along with it.
3: Wow.
2: I wonder how that phone call phone call often goes. You, you, you call an organization like, can I get your uh, opinion on this or that? And I'm a reporter from the Daily Caller. Do you, do you get hung up on or do you get, how do you get treated? Or like, are you, is your voice welcomed or you know what I mean? Like, are they usually inviting your, your um, questioning Uh, Does that make sense?
1: It depends on who I'm at. I'd say most of the time people are pretty receptive and would like to... If you're reaching out to them, there's a reason usually. like They're going to be mentioned in the story so they want to be able to have their input included in the story. Um, But if it's more of like I'm exposing something, uh, sometimes the subject doesn't always
3: wanting to
0: talk. Right. Yeah. Is there, in terms of, of quoting people and, you know, taking those stories down, right. There's, there's on the record, there's off the record. Um, what, what are, what are, is there's like a code of ethics, right? That you guys, uh, you guys, there's my Oklahoma coming out of me, right. That, that reporters are, are expected to follow. It's, 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 Or is it like, yeah, yeah, legal code of conduct or.
1: There's a, there's a set of terms that we'll use when we're communicating. So as you just said, like on the record would be, I can use anything from this conversation in the piece. Um, Everything's fair game. Um, Off the record would be, I can use nothing. This is just for my information and I can, you know, try to find this information another way, but I can't quote you. Um, There's on background, which is, I can, you know, attribute it to like a source familiar or um, a person, or I can give like a brief description of their profession maybe. Um, So if it's like something in Congress, like a aide for a Republican senator or something like that. Um, So that's when, if you're reading pieces and you see those kind of terms, the, that person who they're quoting did not want to be identified outright. Um, so that those are how we communicate with with sources. I'm always try to be very clear at the start of the conversation and establish what so we both know there's no misunderstanding. Um, what what we can use and what we can't.
0: Once you you know once you start to get information. Is, is it expected like to, you know you is it expected to get like you know um, somebody else to validate the the, the facts or is it kind of one of those like depending on the source like right like if you're if I'm like if I'm in the story and I give you what I say, like you don't have to go find a witness necessarily to verify what I said but are there like some facts that you have to get like kind of two or three eyewitnesses or there it's a good question. Like that how, is
1: a really good question. Yeah, like how good is um, your source,
2: basically? Is what you're asking, like, or like, yeah. how do you validate the, the, the veracity of the information? I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's that's another thing where it's, as a reader, you want to be aware if if you read through the story, there's a single source, and it's anonymous. They're not identified. You might give less weight to that than if there are multiple sources they're okay with their names being put in the story. Mm. Um, that's something just to be aware of where that information is coming from. But yes, as a reporter, those are decisions that the reporters and editors have to make. If I, if I get a piece of information from one source, I have to kind of personally discern like, do I whether this person is trustworthy? Um, and then obviously i you try to get confirmation from multiple sources that's ideal um and i think that's you know as like as a christian journalist i try to make sure that if i'm stating a charge some or something um that there are multiple sources
3: because mm.
1: that you know that, that is the standard yeah and I think that that's something that will vary from reporter to reporter. What, what is sufficient um, in order to run with a story, different editors and reporters will have somewhat different views on that. um, And that's something that gets hashed out as, as the writing process happens. sometimes I'll get, I'll submit something and it gets sent back, you know, they're like, find, find more, more information, talk to someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, That's part of the process.
0: Yeah. I'd imagine. Right. Cause It just seems like corroborating evidence is is probably the level of of the information, right? Like you don't need a corroborating evidence, you know, if he's like, if you're like, you had a cheeseburger for lunch. It's like, even if you kind of, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like, but that might be a little different from other, some other stories and like, especially with the Supreme court and, you know, justice Alito said this or, you know, so even then, right. Like some, sometimes you're, um, you know, I remember in um, working on my THM, there's facts, but then there's how you interpret those facts. And is that, is that kind of a, like, is that, is that a part of that process for you too? Right. Because like it's possible maybe um, a source gives you a document that's got a receipt on it, but just cause you have a receipt or a piece of information that doesn't necessarily tell the story, right? It just kind of says, Hey, you've got, this this number you know what i mean i don't mm-hmm. i'm just kind of making something up in my head right now
1: yeah it's just it's a it's a piece of the puzzle um it's hard to speak broadly in that sense because it, it is it just completely depends on what the situation is like you said if you're what someone ate for lunch like that's a lower standard i'd say than like alleging some there's corruption or something like that mm-hmm. um yeah, okay. like you want to be more careful with
3: yeah
2: bigger
1: bigger stories like that um,
2: yeah the bigger the claim the more corroboration that you probably would like that's actually really important for um, consumers of the news because you're actually weighing the you're weighing information on a regular basis and I think for the undiscerning person if they're not going through that process of kind of like like you just said like hey if there's only one source, like you probably should slow down and, and wait right like you shouldn't just jump to uh, uh, uh an ultimate conclusion and um I mean even the Bible says two or three witnesses so there, there's a there's a level of there's a level of corroboration you want especially the, the the weightier the charge or the the more um serious the the situation is um there's such wisdom there I think and I mean, if you're not, if you're not careful, you just be like consume whatever you consume, you just spout out right away. And in the end, you're a fool because you didn't actually corroborate anything. So,
1: yeah, that's, that's so important to be aware of that. Cause you know, they might be one person said something, they had a motive for saying that that had a motive for running it. Um, and then it, it's out there and it might be, might be true. Sometimes there's, all the time there's stories you know that run like a single source says something and then later another outlet will corroborate it it'll get more sources and it turns out it's true but you don't know that's the case um initially so I think there is a fair amount of, there's there's a, a level where you can be fairly skeptical and discerning um, mm-hmm. not like completely discrediting but not you Know
0: just accepting it, yeah, yeah. Wait I feel like see. the X Files is here, the truth is out there. Trust no one, trust no one, yeah. It's <laughs> great wisdom, yeah. right there. Well, it's <laughs> you know, I remember even in student government in college, um, I was the minority um Ethnic- officer. I was gonna say ethnicity, <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I've ever been in a place, no, I've been in some, I mean. Yeah,
2: you are a minority in our eldership. So
0: this is true, <laughs> and on my street that I live on, that's true. Yeah. So, um, but I but the other three officers um, were were all um, they were all part of another organization. They were all they were all part of the same fraternity. These other three officers, and I remember like they would sometimes try to be like, "Well, this is what we're going to do," and I didn't like what they were going to do sometimes. But they wouldn't listen to me. So I I just remember I ended up befriending one of the reporters that covered the student government. And so we would talk all the time off the record. And I would just, hey, you should ask these three questions. And that that's how that's how I ended up helping prevent some things from getting done. By the way, that's also why after I got saved, I was like, you know what? I'm not going down that road. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out of politics. I'm going to like, like, I didn't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. now I look back and I was like, I don't know if that was the best way to do it, but, mm-hmm. but I do know that's how there's a little that's bit how of politics game, gamesmanship. There, there is there, some yeah. gamesmanship yep. in politics. So if one of those three guys is now listening, ever is going to listen to this podcast, <laughs> now he knows. Uh, oh. I, I'm the one that told that reporter to ask those questions. And ah. because uh, one of the guys even came in one day is like, man, she, her source is really good cause I can't believe she asked some of those questions and I was just like, huh. And then so that, but, but it prevented them from doing things that I didn't feel like were right to do. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, my guess is you guys are all those, all reporters are kind of aware of that too. Mm-hmm. Like how, you know, I don't, I don't want to get into too much details. I don't want you to like have to say anything that, you know, that would violate your position or what you're doing or relationships there either. So.
2: Well, I mean, just broader, broadly speaking, it's interesting. I, I don't know if people understand the role of the news, right? I think, from what I understand historically, the role of the news is a check, as another check on the on on the on the powers that that rule us. Um, I mean, you're you're kind of a historical guy, um, U.S. historian I think, right? That's part of the Constitution, and um, that's such an important role. And when uh, you know, when you feel like there's a coll- uh, collusion between the powers that, you know, the powers that rule us and, and the news <laughs> agencies, it feels, it's like, okay, something's going on there, right? So uh, that's why it's so important to have integrity um, uh, as, a, as a reporter. And so it's great, Caitlin, that you're you're there. We're, we're thankful for you, so.
1: Yeah, thank you. No, absolutely. That is, that is that's why we have freedom of the press in our First Amendment. So you have the freedom to criticize the government, criticize um, leaders point out when things are not right and be able to say those things. Mm-hmm. And ha- without, you know, fearing retribution from that, um, I, I think that's that's so important for, for the public to be able to have people who are, asking hard questions and and trying to get that information um but yeah you do have to be aware of reporters are we have there's different different sources giving you know very like like jason the example you just gave you had a motive for talking to that reporter and it may have been you know you were trying to accomplish something like good on the student council, but that's just, if the motive's good or bad, it's just, it's helpful to be aware when you're reading it. Yeah. Or reporting it as yeah. a, as a, on my end.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think it's good to remember that reporters are human beings <laughs> with motives and uh, sinful motives, also good motives. So,
0: Yeah. I think that's that. you know, it's helpful to hear you talk about this stuff because I think, Right. It's easy to kind of like be upset about a piece you read and almost like blame the reporter having some nefarious motive. But the reality is sometimes too that, that that's just the facts. You know what I mean? And so I've even had to learn as a reader, hey, it's just life's not always going to go your way. And yeah, sometimes the people that you think are the best leaders for the country are going to do, are they going to make mistakes? Because mm. um, they're people too. You know what I mean? Like I, that actually helped my sports watching out, by the way, when Mm -hmm. I realized like these guys that I root for, they're professional athletes. It's like, oh, they're human beings. They're not going to be a hundred percent perfect. And then it's like, yeah, okay. I mean, he threw a pick. It happens, you know, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like it actually helped me out, but it's, it's kind of the same thing. I think even for, you know, reading articles as you find yourself reading it. And sometimes you don't like it, but um, I think for me, the question is always how much of this was fact and how much of it was like the reporter's interpretation of the facts. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know the answer to that in terms of like how to help somebody be a discerning reader on that, other than maybe read the same read about the same event from three or four different papers. I don't I don't know the answer to that.
2: Yeah, I think the framing uh, it's kind it can, it's it's kind of when you read a, an article, there's always facts, but then the way like Caitlin said, the way it's framed, you can kind of sense the direction they everyone's trying to convince you of something. I, I feel like. Uh, and so the way you frame it, it's like I want you to. It feels like sometimes, and may, this may or may not be fair. It feels like sometimes they want you to have a specific conclusion. Is that fair, Caitlin, or is that uh, is that? I mean, I, I don't know if that's true of all organizations or reporters. But I think
1: that's I think that's fair in some instances, or if they don't, even if they don't want you to have a specific conclusion, they are going into this with their own
3: Mm
1: -hmm. presuppositions, their own assumptions, and they are going to write it based on that. So for example, um if you're covering like a speech of an elected official and you are very invested in one um one area of policy and he doesn't mention it, one outlet might mention write the speech, write that article and say XYZ politician made no mention of this in his speech. And then another outlet might just stick to what was said. Um, mm-hmm. So like e- even by excluding certain information or highlighting information that was excluded that's another way that I think that that's a good point. enters into the equation.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, gosh, I feel like we'd do that to <laughs> each other uh, within the, I mean within theological circles um, it's like they didn't say that therefore they're this you know what I mean or something like that it's just
0: I remember in college um, Helen Thomas came to our college and gave a speech um, and uh, I remember hearing about it at the last minute and going and that was that was an interesting speech. Like that was an interesting kind of speech she gave us because, um, she she talked about. Um, by the way, Helen Helen Thomas was like the lead White House press corps reporter for like, I want to say forty years. Um, Caitlin, are you very familiar with her? I'm not shocked if you're not because I I think she's she passed away. I think in. 2013,
1: or I—I I feel like I've heard the name, but I'm not—I'm not familiar with her.
0: Yeah, so she, she, um, she was actually—it's I mean, kind of a big deal because one, she was uh, one of the—I think if not the first female press corps reporter for the White House, but she ends up being the lead reporter in that right whenever the president or the press secretary, or whoever's talking, is done talking she always got the first question. And if I'm not mistaken, um, she was kind of ousted as the, the, in that honorary position. Um, yeah. She had to resign. I think a few years before death from that kind of honorary, but I don't remember the story, that that. either way, I remember her talking about um, an engagement or an action she had with, with Gerald Ford, this where where Ford told her, he's like, there's what we, there's, you know, you're asking questions. You're getting about 10% of the information from us, you know, that we want to tell you. And then you're, she's like, and then we're only able to write about 10% of what actually happened in that event. So it was interesting because I, that's in fact, that has always stuck with me to realize that, you know, that Ford is telling her, like, look, you're asking us questions, but you, you, you haven't even unearthed 90% of what we're really doing back here in the office. And that's, wow, that's crazy to think about. And then Helen, there's no way, right? Cause you go to an event, there's no way you can report everything that happens in that event. So, you know, I don't know the numbers on that, but, you know, Helen said, you know, she listened to Ford for 20 minutes. She's only able to write about 10% of what she actually heard. Mm-hmm. So the American public's getting 1% of what's going on in the White House, yeah. according to Helen right. at that speech. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, in a, so, I mean, some of that 20 minute speech, maybe some of it's repetitive, maybe some of it isn't, you know, particularly, Interesting, but again, that's that's a judgment call um, on the on the reporter's part as to what what is most interesting to highlight um, in that story. But I, you wouldn't want that's the reason reporters have a job. You don't want to read the twenty minute transcript of what he said. You want to read the highlights, right? Like what mm-hmm. what do I need to know from this? Um, but yeah, that is that is important to be aware that you're only getting a portion of it. Huh.
2: I'm kind of curious, um, is there anything that you have learned particularly that you didn't expect to learn going into this? Like you had an aha moment or something, you know, in, in the process of, uh, of doing the job?
1: Oh, boy, there's so many things. Oh, really? Okay. Um, I think, yeah, I think, I think particularly working full time in it um i didn't realize just how how much is who you know and like who you're talking to building up sources and like finding source finding places to get information how to get it faster than other other outlets other reporters so i'm like that's a that's a big part of the job besides just writing um i, I could go so many directions with this
0: <laughs>
2: oh do tell.
0: <laughs> oh, that's that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Without giving up your main source. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, maybe maybe like, um, uh, I mean, maybe big picture. Like you didn't something that you learned um, about the Supreme Court, maybe, or like how our government works, or the inner workings of, not necessarily nefarious or anything. Just you were ignorant, you know.
1: Oh, okay. I mean, there's so much, like, in the court system, just procedure, how things go back and forth between, like, the, the district court to the appeals court to the Supreme Court, what that process is like, because e- even when I'm watching, this might be almost you in the weeds, but um, there, there will be, like, the main case on the merits going through, the three levels of the courts. And then there'll be like an emergency appeal on one aspect of the case. That's what, what part of the case is at the Supreme court and while it's still going on at the lower district court. So there, there's, yeah, I guess just how things huh. for the procedure. So um, that's
0: even interesting. Are, are you, so, cause in my mind, the Supreme court hears like six cases. I mean, I know it's a little more than that six case a year what they're doing the rest of the time is this kind of like interplay that you're talking about.
1: Yeah. So for, for, I guess more of a concrete example, there's, um, like the border, there's Texas putting up wire on the border. Um, there was the Biden administration files, an emergency appeal with the Supreme court to like stop it immediately. while the case is still going on, on its merits, whether or not it's like constitutional, um, in the lower court. So they're trying to get like it to stop right now. Um, so there'll be headlines like Supreme court rules this, but it's not a permanent ruling. It's just like temporary. while it's still going on. I um, that's, I don't think that's something I realized that there was that distinction there in, in the court system.
0: Huh? That's crazy. So they're actually busy year round. They're not like
1: the Supreme court. Yeah, they're they're pretty busy even over the, the they take the summer off um, they most of the rulings are issued by June but then they're still getting like emergency appeals like I just said they're adding cases to the docket for the new term yeah. So they're, they're, yeah there's always something going on
0: I'd actually kind of imagine too that that's it's not like they can stop reading laws
2: yeah I think it's like a never-ending um because they're trying they're they're making arguments and those arguments i mean if you ever read some of their um i don't know what it's called but yeah when they're their rulings i guess they represent whoever represents the the majority position it's like elaborate i'm just like man man, these guys are great writers yeah Yeah. i mean i disagree but i mean yeah you might disagree with the conclusion but like um how they formulate their thoughts is pretty amazing
1: yeah i love that's my favorite thing. I just love sitting and reading through court rulings.
2: Oh, well, you're probably uh, why I do that full time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: say, uh,
0: That's amazing. I'm
2: glad that excites you, Caitlin.
0: <laughs> I mean, it is fascinating stuff. Is, yeah, you is. know, the other thing you you realize listening to you, Caitlin, is that uh, reporters are pretty busy, and so it's it's not like like when you're my my guess is you're you're writing one you the way you even said earlier the way you write uh, an essay a fiction novel a nonfiction novel and a journalistic story are completely different writing cuz so you're you're having to focus on a very concise direct piece you you don't you almost like as an outsider listening in that's somewhat familiar with writing it almost like you don't have enough time to really even think about that personally do you to, to you know what i mean it's almost like Hey, let's just get the facts out and move on to the next project.
1: Yeah. And I mean, again, that depends if it's, if it's a breaking news story, that's definitely the case. I'm just trying to get it up as soon as possible with what we know just happened. If it's an investigative piece or a longer piece like that, I typically am putting more thought into it and really thinking through, um, the research, even the questions I'm asking, like, thinking about the, the questions are so important thinking about even what what information you need if you don't know what to ask like you're not going to get the right what you're looking for um but yeah day to day it definitely is very very busy so you don't always have time to just sit and think about like every single story that comes that mm-hmm. i write
0: and some of the people that you're, you're possibly covering, it's not like they're going to be like, Caitlin, you're asking the wrong questions.
1: No. Yeah.
0: I know, that's a, yeah. Sometimes I, I remember, you know, the reporter to ask you questions and you're answering them, and in your head you're like, you're not even asking the right questions, but I'll I'll go with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I mean, sometimes people will, like, you know, add beyond what you ask, but... Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Yeah. I just remember that Brian that Brian Regan comedy piece. I don't know if you've caught him, Caitlin, where he was like, I wish I were a politician. wish he was like, I wish I could have answered questions in elementary, like a politician. Teacher's like, Brian, what's two plus two? I'm not take I'm not fielding questions today. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Not today. Uh, I'm not fielding questions today. Uh, or you give a different answer. Well, I really like apple pie, you know. Total switch the subject
1: like wait we were asking about math
0: right. <laughs> exactly yeah uh, I love it well th- this is helpful it's helpful to me to hear because again you know you kind of start to realize one journalism is very busy um, two it is possible right like depending on the I think depend I think what I'm hearing is breaking news um, is written fast. Uh, investigative pieces, ask good questions while you read the journalistic article. Yep. You know, like, okay, if that's a fact, like, I don't know. I don't know what questions to ask right now. I know that when I read, that's why sometimes I actually don't like to read because sometimes it like, it's very mentally taxing for me. Cause I ask a lot of questions while I read. Um, and sometimes that's why I stay away from journalism because it's like, wait a minute, how do you know that factor? You know, but, Mm-hmm. It's probably it's that's probably worth noting um, that right. Just to, even as Caitlin just said that your questions that you ask and that you come up with as a reporter are going to shape the way you write about that information. And so as a reader, you've got to you know you almost have to start to recognize that what's what's the information and what's the author's take on the information. Hmm. Is that fair? Is that yeah. A, okay.
1: Or even what you're looking into, like you might. If, if, on the investigative side, if you're, there, there might be questions that you don't ask and topics that don't get covered because no one is looking into it. Um, and that might be like just a lack of curiosity, or that might be you know, you don't, they just don't see a need for it or, or something else. But the, the questions you're asking do shape the stories that like, are the end result.
0: Yeah, that's and that's actually kind of the power of journalism because I, I, I do wonder that, right? Sometimes like there will be an article, you know, like there will be like a breaking news in Twitter, like some school teacher and it doesn't even matter where. It's like one person does something and it's interesting to see the effects of that one story that Insta gets shared and reposted by, you know, 230,000 people and then you hear your friends like talking about it personally and it's interesting how often people will be like man can you believe what's happening in america and you're like it's that 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 was one person that was one school teacher in florida like that doesn't necessarily mean that's happening in america in every school and every yes. situation yeah you know what i mean and it's it's interesting so the power that the media has is that's where that right because the perception and to me, that's, to me, that's one of those things that I would love to get by. If I could go behind the scenes in journalism, I would love to go sit in the room and listen to the person that gets to make those vital decisions, say yes to this story and no to this story because that, you know what I mean? To me, yeah. that's where some of the public discourse actually gets shaped, right? Cause there are, there are real things happening that are not being talked about that if they were talked about, you wonder like, would it reshape the way we think or what we think is going on right now, or even the way we vote or the way we do something else? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. one of those questions. So, yeah, go ahead, Caitlin.
1: No, I was going to say absolutely. Absolutely. Like you asked earlier, one of the things that I learned or that surprised me, I guess, starting this, I think it's like a lack of curiosity on behalf of some reporters. I, it's, like the the story um, that I testified about for Congress, I'm I'm just shocked that like there weren't so many more report. Like there are reporters covering censorship issues, but that story in particular is just it was surprising to me that not it didn't get a lot of coverage initially. That not a lot of people were looking into that. So that is if if you're fixated on maybe one thing that and that's what the media is putting out, and that's what's direct people's attention is being directed to there could be so many other things happening that you're just not, not aware of That's really important.
0: You know, I wonder sometimes I feel like on first amendment, people don't understand the implications instantly. You know what I mean? Like it actually, at some point in, in my life, there was a discussion on the implications of, of what happens if our free speech ceases. And I think that's probably for me personally, why like you're not going to see a lot of political posts from me. Um, to be fair, I'm probably more conservative than, than most Republicans too. by the way. Um, and I'm, and I'm critical of both parties and I find there's things in both parties I agree with, but all that to say that, that right. Like one of the things I kind of became aware with over time was that man, if you squelch free speech, Uh, you're giving the government a lot of power and you're, you know, that that's actually one of the problems at Chernobyl was there were problems that needed to be addressed, but because there was no free speech, they couldn't be addressed. And so instead like more lives died and then, and then the government turned around And took no responsibility for Chernobyl and the nuclear power event. And instead basically blamed the leader of it who kind of had his hands tied because he couldn't freely speak. Mm -hmm. And so, you know what I mean? Like there's that. And then uh, on social media, all all of a sudden, and I haven't seen it in a while, the fact checking stuff. And to me, there's this like, okay, like I, I read a couple of the fact checks just to see. And I was like, this isn't a fact check. This is a, we interpret the information differently than you do and therefore you're wrong because we interpreted it this way. And I'm like, you know, I don't want the government telling me how to interpret information mm-hmm. because that's a problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and so that's why yeah. Caitlin with your story to me was such a big deal personally.
2: Yeah. yeah just, I think the lack of free speech is like a, a road to authoritarianism. Yep. Um, Not yeah. only in government, but, in churches, I mean, think oh, about yeah. <laughs> think about cults and uh, you know just really legalistic circles, even or yeah, I mean, it's it's like speech is protected. I am not not protected. Speech is um, uh,
0: yeah, it's not protected.
2: It's not protected. It's um, yeah, it's it's discouraged. Free speech or free freedom to think out loudly is discouraged. Whereas, hopefully, you know, what we're trying to do as a church is like, no, we're, our doors open like ask anything yeah. Um, because there's, there's, there's nothing that, I mean, there's freedom here.
0: Yeah. Well, we, we came from, and, and you know, I don't, well, I want to be careful how I say what I'm about to say, but I definitely remember in one of my college experiences, hearing a lot, be careful reading that writer. And at some point in my THM, sorry, I just gave it away. You had to read that writer and you came to realize you know, somebody, you know, you came to realize one, some of these guys weren't as bad as they were told they were bad, Mm -hmm. but two, it actually helped you. It is interesting, right? Because sometimes you get through the whole thing and go, you know what? The truth is the truth can withstand this. Yes. Um, and then you, then you kind of find yourself actually thankful for getting outside of the bubble. So you know what I mean? All that to say, there's a hundred reasons, why, why I think it's wrong for churches to be like you can't read this guy or only read these selected authors mm-hmm. um and and really it's the the problem is a wisdom thing
3: mm-hmm.
0: right there are some guys that are okay to read for right I would say a mature somebody who's walked the Lord for a long time there's nobody in my mind that's off the table for that person to read right um for somebody who, who whose convictions in Christ are, Right, there's faith in Christ. There's trust in Christ, but but just maybe a baby believer. I'm gonna say, you know, like let's let's get you some people that that um, are more like-minded in the sense of like having integrity in the way they understand the gospel. Mm-hmm. Before I send you, you know, like some, I'm not gonna bring some writers in front of that person. Right. right. Yeah. I'm, and I'm trying to not list authors' name because I'm not trying yes. to throw shade. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to like. No, absolutely. Yeah, I, but it
2: is important though because we're not. We don't need to micromanage people's um, thinking, but we do need to teach them how to think and how to be wise. Yeah. So it's it's that old um, adage, right? Like teach a man to, to fish, right? Rather than just give him the fish like, or tell him what to do on every specific thing. Now it's like teach him how to think, teaching teach him how to discern, um, so that no matter what comes in front of him, he he knows how to navigate it, or he yeah. can at least learn right through that through that and have a process of yeah navigating so that that happens with the news as well we need to know how to consume it well yeah and uh at least for me like understanding like just the whole sources thing is such a important uh aspect of of uh corroborating like truth and yeah i thanks that's really helpful
0: yeah Do we miss anything caitlin did we did we i know we didn't uncover everything but did we not ask any questions that we should have asked? There See, <laughs> there it is.
1: Um, I guess maybe something I would bring up is also the la- the particular language that's being used and word choice, besides just the structure of the article and what they're putting forward, like what terminology they're using.
3: Yeah, um, can
1: also be like like if you're you know talking about abortion or something and you're saying like a woman's right to choose versus, you know, calling it what it is. Um, I think that's also important to be aware of when you're like reading stories and it helps to understand like where they're coming from.
0: No, a hundred percent. Yeah. Gabe and I were driving around the other day and he said something about he was like he said something and i was like no abortion is when they um, kill a baby before it's born and he was appalled and i was like of course you're appalled and then he followed up with like How, why do they do that and i was like because they call it women's rights and gabe was like that's the he was like dumbfounded by the terminology change. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, 11-year-old gets it, but, um, you know, yeah, you're 100% right. You almost, you know, I read an article, president is decimating the government. Well, he just wanted a smaller government. So it's probably that's probably one of those fair questions to ask, right? Like, why are you choosing this word when you're talking about this? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, even if it's just like adjectives, are you exaggerating or like patting it out, mm. making it seem more interesting or, or bigger than it is.
2: That was yeah. my thought. It's like, hmm, choice, interesting choice of adjective.
0: Yeah, that's, I, I think you're spot on. And and now that you even say that, that is one of those questions when I read articles. Uh, I always read like, how are they taking the facts? Cause I, I, if I'm really interested or if I really like vehemently disagree, I'll go read somebody else. And kind of see where the crossover is and then be like, okay, you know, um, yeah. But why did you pick that word? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Cause that word, cause when you're writing and you're writing concisely, I do remember this, the, the more concise you get, the more choosy you become on the words you use. Yep. Yeah. Cause you have yes. to, So
2: there's a purpose yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Yes. There's a intentionality behind every single word that's printed. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's great.
1: Or or there'll be like nicknames, you know, assigned to different maybe piece of legislation has one nickname and one outlet, and then another outlet will call it like the title. Just even things like that, like the names you're making up, like why why you're ascribing certain terms yeah. to yeah. different things.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I actually that was interesting, cause um, yeah, I, I do remember that from my political science days. That they actually instructed you. Um, one, the rule as a in in politics is you never admit that your party made a mistake. Um, which is actually horrible leadership, by the way. Uh, but two, you always find a way to positively spin it, and if you can make your the other party look bad in your positive spin right so yeah that's a good point right you're this this bill that does x if you can make it you know if you can if you can come up with a term that makes it sound like it's doing the opposite of what it's trying to do well then you just won the day mm. cuz you can get perception to you know yeah or it's you know it's like somebody's like hey we should we should take care of Americans first. Well, that's racism. And it's like, see that that's a, you're choosing to interpret. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But do you not expect your American government? Like you, the funny part is if I went to Croatia, nobody's appalled that the Croatian government is first saying, how do we serve the Croats? Right? Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's funny the the, the double standards, Trevor Bauer, by the way, a pitcher. If you read, if you, if you watch this, uh, this YouTube, why baseball doesn't exist, why Japan. So it's the channels, why baseball doesn't exist. And then the, the, the title of the video is why Trevor Bauer is loved in Japan. It is fascinating. And, and it's related to this topic because at the end he shows how certain events were painted one way by the Japanese media while the American media, they were painted in a completely different light. And then he actually shows the event and you realize it's very interesting. You realize the slant that is taken by the American media is a hundred, like he's loved in Japan Mm -hmm. and he's hated by the American media. And so is this fascinating at the end? You were kind of like, Oh, there's definitely some kind of like, you know, now there's a lot, I think there's more to that story and, and there's that guy's done like three or four 30 minute videos on him. So it's, it's just fascinating. Like, yeah.
2: Yeah. No, that's hundred percent, man. Like the, what you, what you publish and yeah. how you, how you say something. I mean, it doesn't even have to be in publishing, right? It's just how we talk about somebody else. Yeah. I like just talk about words. Yeah. Ultimately the words we choose to say about, somebody else or about um something that happened yeah um our presuppositions color all of that yeah so whatever conclusion you have in your mind you know without self-editing right away it, it reveals what's actually in your heart if that makes sense oh yeah yeah
0: well and yeah yeah I, do you remember i don't know if you caught this caitlin did you catch this even in detroit before Tampa Bay went to Detroit and the reporter said, how are you going to handle the cold in Detroit? And everybody gave that reporter a hard time because um, Detroit's in a dome. And the reporter just saw that it was going to be in the twenties in Detroit. And was like, how are you going to handle it? Like, and it was like, what, what kind of a, like, that's, that's what, what's the intelligence level of this reporter? Mm -hmm. Well, it came out a couple of days later that that news channel has fired all of their their staff sports reporters and had sent a like like a weather girl mm-hmm. to cover the story, and so they sent somebody that had no knowledge of sports, and so she's just trying to ask questions. You know what I mean?
2: She's asking and, the wrong ones,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, yeah, she just is. You're right. She didn't do it. in her mind. She probably didn't. So this was um I think it was Jason Whitlock who was talking about these like she didn't even know she didn't even realize that that some of the NFL stadiums were domes right. you know what i mean so yeah yeah So it's it's Yeah just, no that's that's yeah, interesting
1: ahead. too like i mean there's a lot of things if you drop me into a lot of different situations if i was covering a different topic that i'm not as familiar with i would have no idea how to proceed or what mm. what is a good question to ask um I, I would be asking about the weather. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. Right. Right. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah. What is the weather in DC? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I heard some sirens in the background there. What's going on? Are you okay? Oh that
1: <laughs> I I live by a fire station.
2: Oh you do oh wow. okay. so that's right. that's normal.
1: Yeah. There's okay. nothing wrong. Well, yeah. there is somewhere, but yeah.
2: not here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well that's You're, okay.
0: Yeah. You every I don't know if you can hear it every now and then on the podcast. The uh the Hispanic cart that goes by that honks. Oh, the little car, yeah. Yeah, Or the ice cream truck. Yeah, the yep. So that's good. Hey, Caitlin, I appreciate it. It's always good when you're back in town. Uh, I know we'll probably see you at some point this year. Yep. Uh, But you don't have to say when. Yeah, I'll be
1: back later.
2: Yep, yep. Keep doing good work. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for you. It seems like since you've got there, I've agreed with the Supreme Court's decisions more. So uh, (laughs) obviously that's credited to you. And uh, yeah, that's the changed variable in this whole thing. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> um but no, it this is really helpful Caitlin. I appreciate it. Hopefully uh our listeners kind of are made a little bit more aware of the process. Um one, remember reporters are people too. So don't don't hate on them. Um don't don't revile even when you disagree with what they write. Um, but I think too it's also helpful to realize right that at some point you're focused you're so focused on the job you don't always have time to think about your own personal interest in the story. And so mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially with breaking news. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I appreciate it, Caitlin. Yeah, this up,
1: has been fun. I appreciate it. you having me on.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll do it again. Keep up the work on the first amendment. That's a big deal to me to be fair. So yep. probably cause we preach the gospel. Yes. Yes. Yep. yep. Which needs to be spoken. Yep. And so to be fair, Christian, if you're going to ask the world for free speech to freely preach the gospel, then you also gonna gotta, gotta kind of put up with false gospels. That's correct. And that's where you' that's where your understanding of the Holy Spirit comes in. Is the Holy Spirit strong enough to overcome false gospels? And the answer to that question is yes.. Mm-hmm. So you know what I mean? That's why to me I'm not afraid of like somebody, you know there, there's big stories today. Well, on on Facebook, I've seen like 25 people comment on one of the commercial ads and you know, the people behind it are not. Trustworthy or whatever, and it's like, you know what, guys, just trust trust the spirit. The spirit's really good. So mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And by the way, I don't remember what those we we barely watched the ads.
2: Which in so, the Super Bowl. Oh, Super Bowl ads, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was like a couple good ones, but that was it. Yeah.
0: The Dunkin' Donuts one was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you catch the Super Bowl, Caitlin?
1: I did. I, I was watching it at a friend's house. <laughs> was
0: good. the what was yeah. Did you have a favorite commercial?
1: I did. Um, Judge Beauty. It had a couple of the cast members from Suits in it. <laughs> it's oh. like a makeup commercial oh, with I Judge Judy.
0: I, I must that have, must have been in the first half. We must have missed it. Oh, definitely. I think it was. Oh, I okay. I'll have to YouTube that one. Okay. Okay. We yeah, um, we ended up with another elder over here. It was kind of very impromptu because the other elder elder's son wanted to watch the game. I was like, oh. Just come over and he can watch it on our screen. Mm-hmm. So we ended up kind of ha- having a, a little meeting out front for a little bit, and then around halftime we came in. So that's why we missed. So yeah, yeah. okay.
1: Yeah, I think I, I missed part of the first quarter because I, my friend and I headed over after evening service, and then I missed the fourth quarter. I had to go home, but she was calling me and updating me.
2: Oh, that's <laughs> right. The game started at like six thirty your time, huh? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Time difference i always forget
0: yeah, yeah and there ended up being a fifth quarter yeah i know yeah that's great yeah.
1: i don't even watch both all that much but i do watch the Bowl.
0: Yep. yeah well that's good all right caitlin we're gonna have anthony close us out and then uh we'll we'll stop the recording and then say goodbye so all right anthony send us out mm-hmm.